the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halavi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power. The total hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. <laughs> I'm Arab Halaby, the total financial hour. Uh, always preparing up to the last minute. Isn't that interesting? I, I don't know why. I have to always make sure I get you the best information at my fingertips, or as Rush Limbaugh, as uh, nicotine-stained fingertips used to say uh, until he quit smoking. Uh, look, part of the, the thing for me is is to always bring you the best information possible, the most accurate. Uh, I don't mean the least biased because all of us are biased. Anybody who says you know that they, they don't have an opinion, <coughs> newscasters, uh, they're full of baloney because I've seen them. I've had folks that have actually worked for some of the largest newscast uh, organizations, and they had to be in the office at 3.30 in the morning, and they wrote the the uh, copy for the newscasters for the first morning edition. And, you know, they were this is what they did. And I said, well, how did you decide? I mean, I love this. I got a chance to work around a variety of occupations. How do you decide what to put on the news? How do you decide to spin the story this way or not this way? And she said something really fascinating to me. And she said, well, we used to put in the description of the suspect, for example. You know, the suspect was a male white, 6'2 to 6'5, blue shirt, blue jeans, for example. Blonde hair, blue eyes, running southbound. That was the last scene. Well, they started getting a pushback from minority groups because <laughs> the suspects uh, were often minorities. And they said, well, that's just not right. You just keep saying it out there. It's a dog whistle. You keep Nobody's going to say, oh, well, there goes another person that is innocent or guilty based on your description. So what do they do now? She says, now they just put, the person was attacked by a man, hit in the head, and the guy ran away. If you have any information, if you're a witness, please call us. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, well, was the guy short, tall, skinny, fat, old? What? So you can see how the news purposely doesn't say the race, the the description, color of hair, eyes, whatever is available. They don't report that anymore because they're afraid of offending people, right? The world is about offending. So here you are in the middle and the world must dance around you. That is so the opposite of the United States. It's the answer of 
how you want to destroy the United States, right? If you could say, here are 10 things to do to screw up the U.S. Just look at California. Here's 10 things to do to screw up the U.S. Start with California. Make people feel bad. Right? You've heard me tell the story. When I was a Los Angeles policeman in the area of uh, UCLA, Westwood, Bel Air, Brentwood, there's one freeway exit. It's called Sunset Boulevard and the 405 freeway. You go west, you go right out to the ocean, you go left, you go into multi-million dollar houses. Even to the right are multi-million dollar houses. 10, 15, 25 million dollars for one home. They're all right in that area. So here I am, a Los Angeles policeman. It's 1991. Driving my police car. That was my area, area of patrol. So I'm driving around, whatever, me and my partner. And then we get a call. Hey, at this intersection where the freeway off-ramp exits, there was a male adult, uh, older, elderly male adult walking in traffic, something to that effect. So sometimes, you know, people have Alzheimer's or they have other uh, memory issues or confusion. So, of course, wandering in traffic, that's a pretty big deal. We try to get you right away and, and get over there to help you. So they sent us. So we go. Well, while we're waiting for the light to change, I look over. So we watch for a minute. You always do that. You don't rush up on something. You don't always have the full context. So we watch. And as we're watching, we're seeing this elderly male adult with a hat on and a suit coat. And he would sit there and beg at the stoplight. Remember, one way is Bel Air. Next, the other way is Brentwood. You have Pacific Palisades. Listen, if you're not familiar with this area, just know most expensive real estate in California, probably. Certainly, you know, larger than maybe San Jose has some very expensive real estate. But this is a this is miles and miles in each direction. Okay, stop them for a minute. So we pull up. We say, hey, are you okay? So to get out of traffic, we kind of move them over to the side a little bit and say, hey, let's talk over here. Are you okay? What's going on? Do you have ID where you live? And he's being very evasive. We can't figure it out. Huh. So I say, do you have any anything in your what in your pockets? What what's going on? He says, Oh, um, it's just my stuff. Okay, what do you mean? You have bulges in your pockets and your suit coat and your top. We don't know what this is. It's a little scary for us. So I said, Well, put your hands on your head. I'm just gonna check for your safety and mine. You know the story we tell. So I start searching and and pulling out of his pockets, putting it on the hood of my car. No joke, guys. $20 bills, $50 bills, even a couple $100 bills, and certainly a lot of fives and ones. But when you're a, a person who panhandles, right? You, it's often change that people give you on the side of the freeway. Today, it's it's a, a war zone out there. Try to go panhandle in somebody's corner. This is my corner. This is my off-ramp. This is my section. They almost have shifts, right? People will borrow walkers. They'll They'll, okay, ding. You'll see somebody get up out of the wheelchair, walk away. Somebody else sits in the wheelchair. No no kidding. That's what they do right now. But this guy was just an elderly adult that was polite. Tip his hat, put it back on. People would give him some money. Well, what dawned on us was a couple of things. As we're searching this guy, he had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars, probably between seven and $800. Now, I can tell you this. Two hours prior, we were at that intersection, and he wasn't there. Because that's our area. We were driving around. We didn't see him there. So within about two hours, here he is making six, seven, eight hundred dollars cash money. Of course, not taxable. Probably on government assistance. And is he a dummy? No, he's probably one of the smartest guy, smartest panhandle. He chose 
where there was massive amount of wealthy guilt. We used to call it white guilt, liberal white guilt. That's what they called it on the police department. Maybe today they can't say that without getting into trouble. But we would sit there because what you do is, you know, these people would pull up in their Bentleys or their Mercedes and they would roll down the window about an inch or two and they'd slide the dollar bill out and then they close it right back up, their air conditioning. They'd feel like, whoa, do you know how amazing I am? Look at what I just did. I could have given them a five, but I gave them a 20. You realize the panhandle handlers, the bums, they're not asking for change. This isn't those the ice cream guy with the little aluminum thing on his on his belt where he goes, click, 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 here's your 48 cents. It's not that. Whatever they give him, he keeps. So the massive amount of guilt, the massive amount of ability for people to, quote, feel like they gave at the office, right? Remember that that saying? Somebody comes knocking on your door. Hi, would you like to give, you know, uh, Girl Scout cookies? Uh, sorry, I bought them at the office. I'm okay, thank you, sir. And you walk down the street for the next. And the reason for this is simple. It's because sometimes people feel guilty about their success. Maybe the way they made success, maybe the way they made their wealth, maybe the way they created their income, or just maybe they do things at work that are just a little shady. And it's a way for them to feel like God is about pluses and minuses. Right? Pluses and minuses. Add it up. At the end of the day, did you do more good? Did you do more bad? Oh, it was a good day. You did 17 good things and four bad things. God is super happy with you today. As opposed to Christ's forgiveness and grace and repentance. It's a different way of going about it. <laughs> Quite a bit. And when, the, uh, when, when you ask somebody, they say, oh, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. They will always tell you it's because they gave to the bum or to the homeless guy or gal. Maybe. Right? People, people feel like that's a, an opportunity to make a difference. I'm going to tell you this. Never, never give to panhandlers, homeless people. You give to legitimate organizations, legitimate uh, food pantries and uh, organizations to help domestic violence and women and children. Do your research. Don't just throw it away. It's your money. And I can tell you, if you give it to the person on the street, you're always going to get a greater amount of mental illness perpetuating itself through crime on the streets, through crime uh, breaking into your car. I mean, that's what we would get. Right? If you go down to the beach in L.A., even today, you go down to the beach in L.A., you park on some of the, the larger streets that go from uh, you know, Sunset, Temesco Canyon, let's call it. We would sit there and watch and, and try to catch these guys as they would come out of the bushes, just like, I don't know, just like some horror movie or something. They'd come out of the bushes with a screwdriver. They pop your trunk. They take the purse you just put in there while you walk down to the beach or your camera. If you don't think that's happening in L.A., it's almost, well, it's more than an epidemic. It's a pandemic, right? Ever since the reaction to COVID started shutting down the normal life that we had, and you're not allowed to feel bad or, or make a difference except the way the government tells you to, look, this is the time for you to fight back. You don't give to homeless people. This is the time you find good, solid charities Christian charities, if that's your your direction, 
and you find a way to make a difference circumventing the government. I will tell you, the government, the, the state government is 100% corrupt. You know that. The state of California, smaller government, government, city, county, state, that's where it should be. That's where we should hold them accountable because we can see those people. I want you to support your city, your community, and avoid giving to the state. That means managing your taxes properly. That means making sure you're not just uh, creating problems where the state is going to fine you because you're making mistakes in your business, your taxes, your, your regulatory stuff. You pay your bills, car registration. You pay those things the, the way you're supposed to. But where I want you to get in is as local as possible. Organizations in your community. That's going to be the place that you make a difference. You always start to take care of your family first. Take care of other people in, in the church and in the community. And then you go out to your city. If you have enough money to go on to the state and help other cities, great. Most people don't. They have a certain amount of time that they can donate. Certainly a certain amount of money that they can donate. But I don't want you to forget that the difference that you make is at the local level. This guy that we saw, you know, what was it? I guess 30 years ago. When I tell you hundreds of dollars do the work on inflation, we're going to touch on inflation here in just a minute. Think about that. Maybe that was, I don't know, $1,500 in today's money, 2000 I don't know the number. Didn't do the math yet, but when you think about this guy paying no taxes, you know, and at first he, he pretended not to be able to speak English. I don't know. I don't know. He said, really? Then, uh, you know, you just might have to come in. We don't know who you are. You have to have an ID. You're in the middle of traffic. We're writing you a ticket. Uh, okay, Surprise. He had an ID and spoke English pretty well, actually. So the concept of giving to people at the freeway off-ramps, he wasn't a dummy. He knew you go to the place where liberals exist and they're guilty about who they are. Now those people become your teachers. Now those liberals that are guilty become state governors and uh, certainly federal regulatory agency people. A lot of the people in the Biden administration live in West Los Angeles. That's this area that I'm talking about. A lot of them are very uh, guilty, either directly or indirectly, on how they've made their money or what they've done, and, and they feel like they're supposed to take from you. That's their God-given right, is to take from you to provide. So be careful what you vote for. We're going to see some of the voting coming up, and it is going to be through the ballot measures of propositions and bond measures. I'm going to share with you something. There isn't money. You cannot spend money. You have to tell them no. Look, a study was done uh, many years ago. I want to say it was 2008. And it was done to, to say how to balance the budget. And it was the federal government can, ready for it, 2008, which was nothing compared to today. It was like $4 trillion. Today we're $24 trillion. And the balancing the budget back then, the gentleman said, uh, he was an economist, worked for many different administrations, many different political parties, and he said this, the only way to balance the budget is simple. You have to cut the federal spending by 60%, six zero. Okay, now we all know that's not going to happen. He said, or you can double income taxes. And you'll have to do it for a sustained period of time, for a long period of time. 
Now, here's the problem. When you double income taxes, people stop working, right? When the left wants to tax you in city, state, and county and federal taxes in the city of New York, for example, or if you're a business in the city of Los Angeles, you have to pay income tax. So you have to pay these taxes. And are you going to work harder so that you can make less money? Or do you pick up your business and relocate? Or do you pick up your business and go to another city, county, state? Do you leave the field altogether and say, you know what? I don't need to keep employing the 7 or 27 or 57 employees that I have. I've made enough. I'm good. Well, those employees need a job. And they say, tough luck. I don't I, I'm not going to work. The regulatory stuff, the cost to exist in business is so much greater. The taxes that are levied on me are so much greater than the effort that it, that it yields back. I, I'm, I'm going to go retire or you know, open up a pet shop or something. And people do that. They leave. So where's the line between the government spending less money, between the federal government taxing at a greater level, So here's how I think they're going to do it. Number one, in order to keep Social Security and some of the other obligations afloat, they're going to have to, it's very simple, ready for this? They're going to have to inflate the currency. (gasps) He said it. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's the only way to do it. And they're going to do it. They're already doing it. It used to be a 2 to a 3%. That's our target rate is 2 to 3%, says the Federal Reserve, as if they can control a lot. They just mess things up. That's it. They do. The, the Federal Reserve, it's, it's kind of like you've heard me say, uh, trying to drive on ice. Right? You want to make a left turn, you need to go over there. So as you're driving, because it's ice, you have to start turning now, but you're always going to have to course correct. You can never just turn once and just let it go and slide right in. doesn't work that way. You're... A little more, a little less. A little faster, a little slower. Put a little more brake, not too much. You're constantly, to make that turn on ice or in the water, right? If you're driving a boat, it's the same thing. Look at somebody's hands on a steering wheel when they're driving a boat. They're constantly back and forth, back and forth. Course correcting, adjusting. Well, inflation is that times 10. Whatever the Federal Reserve does, whatever the Biden administration's Treasury Department does, they will always, always make mistakes. They're always going to create a problem and overshoot or undershoot. Some say just get out of the way. Let the markets handle themselves. However, they want to print all of this money, commit to it, so they have to make money worth less. That's the only way to do it. They're going to have to go through and say, we're going to make $100 not worth $100 anymore. So what is it that you have to do to prepare for this kind of inflation? Because I think at the end of the story, inflation is going to be much higher. And not only that, but the ability to produce goods and services with certain states still supplementing people not working. I, I mean, in what mind do you think this is okay? You guys are poisoning the system. The progressive left and the wannabe progressive left is poisoning the system. They're telling people, we're going to pay you to stay home. So what do people do? They go hang out at the beach. They travel around the country. They stay at home and play video games. We should say, look, if we're going to pay you because it's a tough day, I get it. You lost your job. I'm with you. We can fix things. Then here's what you do. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you have to pick up trash. 
Tuesday, Thursday, this group cleans the bathrooms at the, at the public park. And then next week, if you're still on government assistance, we switch. And we just keep on going. We clean along the freeways. We clean the riverbeds. We pick up plastic and trash and, and litter. The, the taxpayers are paying you. And some of you have collected this stuff. Right? Some of you have been out there with your hand out. Look, I'm telling you, if it's you or me, we're like, yay, we got ours. Yay, the Titanic is sinking. And check this out. I got this new vase. Isn't it beautiful? I, I get it. Everybody wants theirs. They're mad at everybody else, but they're happy. Now I'm telling you, it's time to stand for some integrity. This isn't the normal world anymore. You have to stand up. You have to stand up and tell people, Listen, kids, I know it's going to be tough, but we're not going to take government money. My dad was very much about that. He said, this country gave me a chance. That's what he said. He says, I'm, I'm not how he said to us, shame on you for going on welfare government assistance. Now, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I know some of you are at the extremes. I know it's, oh, Eric, you don't understand. Okay, listen, if you have to go on it. Number one, don't get comfortable. Number two, get off of it as quickly as possible. I mean, work two jobs, sleep in your car, three jobs, uh, back and forth, uh, seven days a week. I don't don't know. Whatever it is, go back to school, uh, live with your parents, live in the basement, sleep in the back garage, whatever it is you have to do. If you're going to get on it, you get off of it as quick as possible. You know why? Because it ruins you as a person. It makes you look and think like you're not worth a lot. And when you look in the mirror, you're a bit ashamed. I'm just saying, this is what people tell me. Maybe you're different. Maybe you have that pride that say, I got mine. Because I think inflation is coming and your skill set has better be prepared. That means go back to, listen, if you're a lady and you want to be a plumber, go back to work and learn to be a plumber. There are classes that you can take for free. You want to be an electrician? A welder, those jobs are so rare right now, the the employees. But the jobs are abundant, but the workers are rare. That's what I'm trying to say. I want you to be out there where you can easily walk in. There are some, look, there are some postings. I saw this recently for a um, um, plumbing company. They were advertised, no experience necessary. They just want to train you on the job. They want you to come along. You can go home and watch videos on the computer, TED Talk, YouTube, Vimeo, and learn the basics of any career field you want to be in. You can go learn the basics. You can learn the career field of almost anything. You realize that? You could easily walk along and walk into these jobs and be halfway better than the next person. I get it. A child out of wedlock. I get it. Your husband or wife is a, is a bum and doesn't want to work. I, I get it. I'm sorry. Those are choices you made. You live with them. You pick up your bootstraps, as they say. So what if you're a retiree? Isn't this interesting? What if you're a retiree? Can you say Mentor. Can you say go back to the union or the field or the organization or your employer and tell them, hey, 
I'd like to mentor young people. Whoever wants to work in the field in which I left from one, five, ten years ago, I'd like to do this for free. Why? Because your food, shelter, clothing, companies like ours and others took care of your retirement accounts. So you don't have to go there for money. You go there to learn, to teach. That's a big difference. And now as a retiree, you're a sought-after person. Oh, Eric, I'm afraid. I don't understand. Then you learn. You read a book on how to have your self-confidence or speak publicly or teach or be a better person. Imagine that. Right? How to Win Friends and Influence People. Great book. Changed my life. Think and Grow Rich. Amazing. Napoleon Hill. Read those books. I used to... I used to think they were, oh, how to manipulate people so that you can become wealthy. I actually thought that's what it, so I avoided reading it for a very long time. The title doesn't represent what it really is. People say, oh, Eric, you're so lucky. Well, maybe so, but guess what? I worked hard. I read all the time. Listened to tapes all the time. I want you to do the same. Stay with me, guys. We'll be right back in just a minute. I'm Eric Pallaby, The Total Financial Hour. 888 retire Stay with me. We'll be right back. Higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Learn about hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halaby, the Total Financial Hour, talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. Sometimes it's the mindset, right? You've heard me talk about that a lot. I just think that's what's lacking. In order to be your own person, in order to be, quote, free, not reliant on an employer or a boss you know, many ladies have worked for companies or bosses that have crossed lines, right? We've heard that through the Me Too movement. It was going on way before that, and it will continue way after that, right? The flavor of the month, the trend of the month, whatever it happens to be out of Hollywood. Everybody stomps their foot, says a couple of things, and then moves on to the next. And many of you ladies live it daily, and you can't afford to leave that job. The guy's a jerk or worse. Well, I want you to be empowered financially. So you don't have to stay there. And men with daughters, uh, don't you want your daughters to be empowered? Husbands, don't you want your wives to be empowered? So you have to have some financial literacy. You have to have some self-confidence. You have to look in the mirror and be proud of what, about what you see, knowing you can always do better, but not ashamed of the person you are today. So you fix those things, right? You stop crummy behavior. And the way you do a lot of these things uh, from from leaving the company and the financial independence is to understand how money works. Our focus is always reliable retirement income for some or part of your money. Put it in a safe place. Keep it out of the risk. Be in a place where you could have growth but never losses. I'm not talking about 20% growth a year or 12% euro. Not going to happen. All right, let's be clear. You're going to average between 3 and 6% on average. Maybe more, maybe less. But that's what we've seen. Sometimes zero, that's the floor, that's the minimum. 
meaning you're not going to make anything, you're not going to lose anything. We have seen as high as 15, 18% per year. And that's the maximum. Market does 27. Arif, what do I get? No more than 15 or 18. The goal, keep up with inflation. The goal, to stay ahead of the curve. Allow your buying power to continue. Allow your influence, making a difference, to continue. To not be a burden to your children. You're always going to have kids that want to care for you or, or be around you or take care of you or buy things for you. I love all of that. But I don't want you to be somebody who counts on them to pay your electric bill, right? I don't want you to be somebody who's in a position to go through life and say, well, in order for me to, you know, I guess what the answer is, eat dinner, enjoy life, buy something that I need. I have to ask in a nice way or in a manipulative way, my son or daughter. Wouldn't it be nice if you just had a reliable retirement income? So that's what we do. If we can, we help. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. Okay. Inflation is coming around the corner. We think that's happening very quickly, actually. You know it already. Just go to the grocery store. I went out to eat the other day at a, a nice barbecue restaurant. It wasn't super fancy. It wasn't, you know, bottom of the barrel. It was middle of the road, I guess. It was a quick lunch. And I'm looking at the sandwiches. $22. $27 for a sandwich, a couple pieces of bread and some tri-tip and a, a thing of beans where the, if you ever see the, the bowls at restaurants, right? The top of the bowl is wider and the bottom of the bowl is skinnier, right? The bowl is actually thick. They will tell you it's to retain the heat, but they put salads in it. Why? So it looks like there's more food than there really is, right? Take a look on a sideways view of that bowl or plate. And you'll see that it comes down to a V. Just enough. I mean, listen, if you like geometry and you want to design things, design these bowls. They get them right to the edge of where the balance is just right. So here we are. I'm looking at this bowl and I'm saying, there's not really that much food in here. And so, $27 by the time we were done. And that didn't include California's amazing sales tax. Nearly 10%. And so, inflation is here. You want to have lunch for one person, and that didn't include a a soda or drink or or lemonade or it didn't include anything. Just nothing, sorry. Sandwich, some bread, some sauce. (laughs) So, So you guys have to plan. Just know that maybe this place will go out of business because it's too costly for what you receive, or maybe they're leading the charge that costs are going to go up. So what do I want you to buy? What do I want you to stock up on as inflation is coming around the corner? Because during times with increasing inflation, inflation, your storage, many of you know this, but your storage of things is a way to kind of bank money, right? You saw the run on toilet paper when the pandemic hit, right? As soon as the reaction to the pandemic started running through the system and they were shutting down stores and production facilities and declaring with their magic wand, you're essential, you're essential, you're not essential, you're essential. I don't know why we didn't tar and feather those people and run them out on a rail, as they say. The depth of arrogance for a government worker to come to you and tell you you're not essential when their pension and their uh, health insurance and their paychecks 
In other words, nice people, I'm sure. I love them. Some of them are his clients. But they're not producing any goods and services. They generally stand in the way of production of goods and services. And yet they came and poor workers who, who weren't lucky enough to have a brother-in-law that worked in that department as a supervisor, who had to work at a different job while they were going to school, poof, you're not essential. So we're going to make you a ward of the state. We're going to give you government money. Here's government money. <clears throat> Here, here's, your, here's your paycheck. Here. Thank you, may I have another. Put your little hand out, your little porridge bowl. And people said, oh, uh, look at our government. Listen, if Gavin Newsom and all those, if you were in the health department and you said, I am not getting a paycheck, but I'm here because it's for the good of humanity, because I have an amazing pension for the last 15 years of working in this for the government and on and on. Okay, I'm with you. Then I think you're an amazing person. But I will bet you across this nation, you couldn't count on one hand the amount of people that did that, that said, well, keep my government paycheck. It's just not fair that they took money from all you people, and yet I still get to pull from the corporate welfare called government, right? So here's what I want you to buy. I still want you to buy toilet paper and canned goods. Non-perishable items, right? It might be wheat. It might be flour. It might be sugar. You can store them in the basement in a cool, dry place. You can store them in the back room, uh, under the stairs. There's a variety of places, Right? I want you to do your own research on it. <clears throat> but you can buy larger quantities. You get them on sale and or today. Store them over the next two to three years. However long they last. You know, don't, don't go longer than that. But all sorts of things. What are you going to use that right now you don't? Maybe sheets, tablecloths, maybe pillowcases, maybe towels, things like that. You're going to see sales come through the holidays. You're going to see sales come through at various, you know, end of year things. But that's an idea, right? Don't hoard. Don't become one of those people. But if you can save a little bit now, it might be a good idea. How about buying a home or a car? Interest rates are at all time lows. So if you're going to finance the car or finance the house, it's different than if you're going to pay cash for the house. If you're going to pay cash for the house, then we want a lower price, don't we? But what happens when you walk into a car dealership? You say, hi, I'm here to buy a car. They say, oh, what do you like? I say, oh, I like that red one over there. It's pretty cool. It's a four-door. It's what I want. They say, great. How much can you afford a month? You notice how quickly they get you off the price of the car and into the monthly payment. You say, well, I'm not really sure. Well, go ahead. We could fill out a credit report. We can see what your monthly payment is. Because here's how it works. You commit to a monthly payment, I don't know, $500 a month. And then they run your credit 17 ways from Tuesday. And they try to find somebody, a bank or a credit union, another institution, that will give you the loan at $350 a month or $347 a month. And then they keep the difference. You've committed to 400 that's over. The reason they're shopping is is because others will say, oh, Arif, you're a great credit risk. We're not going to give you 400 a month or 500 a month, or rather. We're going to give less money. And the dealership keeps the spread. Now, that doesn't quite happen with houses exactly. But what's the first thing you look at when you buy a house? Oh, honey, this monthly payment is about what we are paying now. But it has a pool and a view, more room, 
you're not looking at a seven, eight hundred, nine hundred, a million dollar house anymore. You're looking at a monthly payment. That is when there's a true sign that things are out of whack. Now, it might stay out of whack for the rest of eternity. Maybe this is the way it's going to be forever. It certainly turned out to be that way with cars. Right? When you would walk in for $2,700 and buy a Ford Mustang, or they would give you one-year financing, that's the way it went. Sometime, somewhere in the system, it switched. And it stopped talking about the cost of something and changed to the monthly cost. One of the reasons poor people are poor is because they keep borrowing for things that go down in value. Right? If you buy a car today and you have five years worth of payments, is it going to be worth more in five years or less in five years? Less, you know that. So go find a car that is four years old, look at it and say, am I willing to pay the same payment that I'm paying day one and I have one year left on this loan Am I willing to pay that for a four-year-old car? Because you're going to have a four-year-old car someday and still be making one year's worth of payments after that. So you have to look at that as an option and a way to create, well, how do I make sure my wealth, my success doesn't go backwards? Right? How do I make sure that my family doesn't lose money because of inflation or can't have the things we need? Right? We all need a car. United States, just about everybody needs a car. Maybe the Gen Z and, and some of those are, are doing the, I'm going to wait till I'm 21 to, to get a license. That's not what we did. You guys remember? Right? I got my license in the, the early mid-80s. So for me, 16 years old in one week. And the reason I was so upset is because it took an extra week because I didn't call to get a reservation, an appointment in time. I was like, what? I have to wait another week to get my driver's license. 16 years old, driving around. It's crazy today to think about it, but some kids still do. Some young people are driving at 16 years old. A buddy of mine worked in the farm up in Idaho, and he said, oh, Eric, we were driving tractors at 10 and 11 years old. We were driving farm vehicles everywhere. Whoa. So maybe this young generation doesn't need an automobile with those scooters and, and uh, you know, the uh, I guess they're scooters. I don't know what they're called. Driving them around town. Certainly the share, Lyft, Uber, those things, eh, no problem. But do I think you still need to buy real estate, gold, guaranteed income? Yes, I do. But if you're going to use your money, retirement money especially, to get an annuity or a fixed indexed annuity, those are usually what we like when we're trying to get guarantees and, and uh, protection then make sure you have one or at least a plan to have your income increase every year or two or three. Have your income keep up with inflation in one form or fashion. Maybe not every year exactly. There's nothing that will do that. But a lot of the pensions saw this coming down the road and they knew that the way that they can protect themselves is by giving you a cap. So that means your cost of living cap will be no more than about 2% per year maybe three. That's how they did it. So that eventually your buying power of your pension is so much lower than what it used to be. That is the only way to keep you or keep the, the pension system afloat. So what we do is we'll ladder. 
We'll take some of your retirement accounts. We'll remove it from market risk. We'll get reasonable gains. And when the time comes on, we flip a switch and start an income writer. Thanks. And you can get some of those for free. No cost. Some you might have to pay for, depending on what you like. There's a lot of good ones out there. Dozen in each direction. But Eric, if you mention gold, what do you think? Listen, I'm not a gold expert. Gold can go up and down in value. It always has. It's risen and dropped and rises and drops. Do I think you should have some money there? Sure, if that's what you want to do. A little protection in metals, maybe? Okay, sure. But I think you should always have things that are tangible. Stuff that can never go backwards. Make sure you know what your family likes. There's a, a plethora of companies now that do a lot of that uh, freeze-dried food, 25-year shelf life things. I, maybe that's the answer for you. Maybe 10 cases of that, right? Something to, to kind of trickle into your, your food budget each and every year, especially if you have young children or grandchildren that you're caring for. The cost to feed them is going up. I think you're going to see a lot of people, we're seeing it in our practice, both in Southern Utah and Southern California and, and different places. What are we seeing? We're seeing people in Nevada and uh, Mississippi and Tennessee, Texas. And here's what they're doing. Many of our clients are moving to those locations or they live there and they're moving to much larger lots, half acre, acre, and they're getting their own chickens for fresh eggs. Sometimes they're getting their own cows for fresh milk. And what they're doing is growing their own vegetables. And not quite off the grid, kind of semi-off the grid, but you're starting to see them take some of their food costs into their own hands. I like it. Plus, you know what's in it, right? It's none of this crazy packaged stuff that dehydrated and and uh, put in a box and shipped in a truck from who knows where and sits on the store shelves for who knows how long, right? Some of that stuff that is not the same. Now, I'm not talking about the uh, the quality that you see in the dehydrated food, you know, the, the preppers or the Patriot stuff. No, no, no. That I think is quality. I'm talking about the boxed macaroni and cheese and, uh, you know, Spanish rice and other things that you see sitting on the shelves. Look at the chemicals in that stuff. Whereas you can make your own pretty easily. Now, Arif, I'm retired. I have money. Life is good. Then go back to the first half an hour where I said you need to get out there and mentor other young people. Teach them your values. And if you have crummy values, you know it. Change your values. Right? Many of you have made big mistakes. You're not proud of some of the decisions you've made, so you can change those. And you can go out and impact. Let's say between now and the time you pass away, you've only impacted 10 people in your former career field. And only six of them stay with it. Meaning others have said, oh, it's not for me, and they go on to something else. Can you imagine the difference you make in that world? Imagine the difference you make in the lives for generations because their children and grandchildren will have a better life because of you? And if that still doesn't convince you, you know what might actually work? is for you to work with your grandchildren or your children. 
listen, you're 28 years old. You haven't figured out a career you want to work in yet. You haven't completed your education formally yet. Then what you do is you work in my industry. You work in my field. It used to be that way, right? If you were a shoemaker, guess what your kids were? Surprise, shoemakers, right? If you were a wheat farmer, your kids were wheat farmers, right? It was called an apprentice and then a journeyman, right? There was a, there was a, a helper, usually it was before apprentice, the guy who swept, who, who got the coffee, who, who cleaned up, who picked up stuff, that person. And they slowly, slowly, slowly worked their way up. What that did is it allowed them, uh, the young person, to be immersed. They didn't have to learn Latin or when the French Revolution was. Uh, I, I guess that's important for some people, but not if you're going to become a plumber. So why are you going to college taking certain class? Can you read, write, arithmetic? Under- Listen, if you're a plumber, you better understand fractions because you're going to have to do math. You're going to have to understand a ruler. So yeah, there's some formal things you have to do. Take direction, comprehend. There are things you have to do. But what if you were to go back to school and teach somebody? Who cares what they pay you? You know why? Because you have other sources of income. That's the important part. Because inflation is coming. And I want you to be the person who makes a difference. Look at buying things that, that go up when the markets go up. Commodities. Things that you can touch. Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, after President Obama canceled the Keystone Pipeline, started making their way into buying railroads. Why? Because they saw exactly what happened and they knew that President Obama, privately I'm sure, was never going to approve the Keystone Pipeline. President Trump comes in, the progressive stall, stall, drag their feet, stall, drag their feet, lawsuit this, lawsuit that, drag their feet. Surprise, Biden comes in and stalls the entire Keystone Pipeline. And within that same period of time, Bill Gates buys the Burlington Northern. uh, No, sorry. He buys the Canadian Railroad. Bill Gates buys the Canadian National Railroad. Warren Buffett owns the United States. Bill Gates owns Canada. And as I've told you before, how are they going to bring oil? Do do you think, poof, we're just not going to use oil anymore? No. There's going to be trains and railroads and, and trucks on the roads causing accidents, just the way it goes, ruining the highways with potholes and on and on. I get it. I want to comment on it, and I do. But maybe you step back and you look and you say, all right, son, I know you wanted to do this kind of thing for a living, but guess what? The trains have now been committed to handling oil and oil transportation. Go get a job with the railroad. Go get a job Right? How many people got a job with the solar companies when uh, the government was giving away free money for a very inefficient way to, to manage electricity? Solar panels. It's the old, if you can't beat them, join them. Right? Use Aikido. Redirect the force a little bit. All right, We know that the railroads and the trucking industry are lacking employees right now. You want to make a good six-figure income? have a quality of life, let me tell you, railroads, 
and and over the road truck drivers my word what a great experience quality of life provide for your family right I, i'm i'm giving you ideas cuz i want you to to grab these things and say you know there it doesn't mean i have to go to a four year university and be indoctrinated by the left even some good christian colleges even byu have these leftist professors that are built into their system and you're going wait a second where, where did you come from? They have deans and administrators that are indoctrinating people into probably not what your values are. So you can circumvent the crazies and go, go directly to the workforce. I think that's a wise move. Last thing I want you to do is do something called laddering. If you cannot have an account that increases in value each and every year, then I want you to take your income, uh, your, your assets, and separate them into numerous accounts. So you take from one for a while while you let the others grow. Maybe five years later, you turn on the second one, and you take from that for a while. And then five years after that, so for a total of 10 years, you turn on the third one. It's called laddering. I'm sure there's other terms for it, but we've used the word laddering. CDs are often referred to as CD laddering, where you get a six-month CD, a one-year a one and a half year and a two year, right? And so every six months, one of them is coming due and it allows you to access funds and money quickly. Well, I'd like the same thing using fixed or fixed indexed annuities where you have a protection of principal, you can get wealth, you can grow your your income and then nobody tells you what to do. So sorry, we're not going to let you work because you chose not to get vaccinated. Sorry, we're not going to let you work. Even though you have more antibodies than anybody else who's been vaccinated, tough luck. You still have to go get a vaccine. Contraindicating to every single medical professional. If you had the virus, you're not supposed to. Oh, wait, that medical professional said, oh, well, yeah, because he's afraid to lose his job. When are you going to trust the right people? Ask them privately when they're not worried about losing their job. Hey, guys, give me a call. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Halby. Thanks for being a part of our show. Every week at this time, we talk to you about your family's finances. I'm Eric Halaby. Have a great day. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.